0: sports talk mississippi's brian haydad along with robbie falk from 24 7 sports give you an inside look at the bulldogs on the field the court and the diamond now get ready for thunder and lightning this is thunder and lightning here on super talk mississippi brian haydad and i have a guest host today we'll get into him in just a minute want well, to thank you guys for tuning in at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip through the drive through at Strange Brew Coffeehouse here in Starkville or at Brewpolo over there in Tupelo. It'd be kind of weird if Brupolo was in Hattiesburg. Hattiesburg? Brutusburg? I don't know. I don't know, we'll figure that out as we go. Wherever you live in our great state or our great country, we can get Strange Brew Coffee House right to your door though. Just go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and order for shipping. Whatever kind of coffee machines on the front counter, you can get Strange Brew coffee including the awesome and spectacular new K-cups. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com that's the place to find maroon and white merchandise that you can't find anywhere else cuz they have the biggest and best selection in central Mississippi two locations in the Jackson area to serve you they're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet they're in Flowood by the Half Shell or you can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com it's 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 technically Thursday as we're listening here so as we're we're recording here so you know taco Thursday i feel like taco Thursday is as good as taco Tuesday i've never understood why Tuesday gets the monopoly on the tacos. I say tacos can be any day. And Humble Taco agrees with me, so you should go by there and grab some tacos that you can't get anywhere else because it is a unique and delicious menu. It's Mexican fare with Mississippi roots over there at Humble Taco on University Drive. The weather is nice. Get out on the patio, have a margarita, have some chips and salsa, and have some awesome tacos. If you're looking for a great suggestion for lunch today, I would suggest Firehouse Subs. Anytime you go to Firehouse Subs, they make it really easy on you with their great app. And that app is also great because it helps you pile up reward points. If you like free stuff, then you like the Firehouse Subs app. Check them out today. Locations in Starkville and Columbus, Oxford and Tupelo, Flowood and Madison. That's Firehouse Subs. All right, we're going to interrupt uh, that. So I I have a guest host. You'll hear from him in the second half of the show, John Sokoloff of uh, WCBI Sports, very kind and generous with his time, but we made the mistake of recording before the Ben Hallin news was official. Did not expect it on Thursday. I thought it might get a day to breathe or something like that. So I thought it made more sense to maybe re-record this part. Unfortunately, John couldn't be here with me. Uh, So he'll be here in the second half of the show, talk a little baseball. But, obviously, we will start off with the big news of the day, and that is Ben Hallen has been dismissed as the head coach at Mississippi State University, uh, a move that, you know, basically you saw coming from mm, late January on, I would say, that this, this day was going to come as it became more and more obvious uh, to everybody that Mississippi State was not going to make the NCAA tournament, a, a season that even Hallin himself had said it's tournament or bust, uh, and it ended up being a bust. Uh, state season finished out last night in the United of Virginia. Don't care to recap that game. Chances are you probably didn't even watch it. No, just know that it went exactly if, if you follow Virginia basketball, it went exactly the script. State uh, fell behind early, got a lead about midway through the second half, couldn't hold on, loses the game. And now Ben Hallen has lost his job. First and foremost, from on a personal note, Ben Hallen was always generous with his time. Well, whenever we uh, we asked to speak to him, was always happy to do so. Uh, my my lasting memory of him away from the court will be the time he uh, he allowed me and uh, Tyler Horka to use the cryo machines uh, that he that he is a big proponent of. Uh, so I thought that was I was a, that was a fun experience for me. Uh, so Ben Allen, always respectful, uh, good guy uh, and a good coach. It just didn't work at Mississippi State for whatever reason. Um, you know, you don't get his resume and and all the wins he's had, and, you, and you're not a, a good recruiter without being a good coach. But you know, sometimes good coaches fail. There are bad coaches that fail too. There, are, there. Are, that's not to say that all good all coaches are good coaches. But Ben Hallen is a good coach. It just it didn't work for Mississippi State, and now we move on. Um, you know, and the, if, if you have to, you know, does Ben Hallen have a legacy? His legacy is this: when he took the job, nobody really wanted it. All right. He had been out of the game, and he saw an opportunity to get back in at a Power 5 position, and he took advantage of that. But the coaches that are on Mississippi State's radar today would not have been on Mississippi State's radar in 2015 because this job was the worst in the SEC at that time, the absolute worst. And Howland, to his credit, built it up over a period of time. The problem is he plateaued, and then he started to regress. And that's how you get to this point where in seven seasons you only have one NCAA trip. And honestly, it's not even that it's not good enough for Mississippi State. That's just not good enough. Period. That's not good enough anywhere. I I don't think so. You know, I so it had to, it had to be this way. Um, this team was far too talented, even with Tolu Smith's injury troubles, even with Rocket Watts's injury troubles. This team was talented enough to to be in the NCAA tournament. Now, I've said it a, a bunch of times on this podcast. I've said it on Sports Talk Mississippi. It's not that this team, you know, didn't have a lot of great wins, and they didn't. They beat an Arkansas team that was missing the SEC's leading score, and they beat Alabama. That's their two best wins on the season. But terrible Louisville team, terrible Minnesota team, terrible Ole Miss teams, terrible South Carolina team. Those four games are the difference. You know, State finished the regular season eighteen and thirteen. If they had finished the regular season uh, twenty-two and nine, or twenty-two and yeah nine. If they had won those four games, is that right? Yeah, they lost. Yeah, yeah. No, I guess they won one in the SEC tournament. So they were what seventeen. You know, it doesn't matter. If they had had those four wins, they'd have been in the NCAA tournament. I don't feel like going back through the schedule. I'm trying. I'm trying to block it out. Like I'm sure a bunch of you are right now. If they had won those four games, I don't have any question they would have been in the NCAA tournament. Their net was good the entire year, but that was the, the sort of the the. The, the 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 wrapping paper of the Howland era is that, you know, we always talk about. it. He never had a signature win. There was never one win you could point to and say that was a big win for Ben Howland. I mean, if you can, if you've got one, tell me what it is. I, I don't know what it is. And then he he lost games he shouldn't lose. His record against Ole Miss. This I mean, he played against bad Ole Miss teams. His record's appalling against them, including that you know ha- habit that knack of always losing the first game in their series. In a, te- in a situation where you could have some momentum. And that was the case this year. State wins its first conference game against uh, Arkansas. You're feeling pretty good. The game against Missouri gets canceled, so okay, great. You're going to go to Oxford and play a bad Ole Miss team, and they fall flat on their face and they lose by double digits. And from there, they really never got up off the mat. The last sort of gasp of the season was beating Ole Miss in Starkville and that started that stretch of games where if you go back and listen to this podcast, I said, you know, they need to win three of the next seven. Well, they won one of the next seven. And then they win a couple against Missouri, but that's it. That's the end of the season. And this team was more talented than that. They had enough talent to win enough games to be in the NCAA tournament. But for whatever reason, they didn't play well. I, I said many times I thought that you know, mentally they weren't the sharpest team. And it even goes into last night. Look at the last play of the season. State down three, the clock expiring, and and Molinar puts up a two. Why? State's basketball IQ at times was just not very high this year. Molinar is a great player, an all SEC player. I I would like, if he's coming back, that makes a huge difference for whoever the new coach is going to be. We'll go through some candidates in just a minute. Tolu Smith, if he returns to Mississippi State, I mean, that is a real good one-two punch. As good as anybody's got in the SEC next year, because you know Schwebeway's leaving and, and guys will be going to the NBA. If those two guys come back, that's a great start. You got a lot of great little pieces there. Shaq Moore, Rocket Watts, even DJ Jeffries. Those are guys who can be good pieces. Cam Matthews is a good role player. I think Derek Fountain can be a good role player for Mississippi State. Anderson Garcia, the same. You bring in a solid recruiting class. We'll see if they all stay put. You know that's that's going to be you know a, probably a chore, but we'll, you know that's on the new coach to make those decisions. And then you know there's the portal, and the portal is always going to be a tool, especially for a new coach coming in. But right off the top, if, if you bring Molinar and Smith back, you've got enough talent to go to the NCAA tournament in year one next year. Now contrast that with Howland's year one where you had Gavin Ware and Craig Sword, and Fred Thomas, who, God bless them, played as hard as they could for Mississippi State, but were never going to be part of a tournament team. And then you sort of built around Malik Newman and, and believe it or not, Quindary Weatherspoon, who at the time nobody expected anything from him. By the end of the season, he was probably State's second-best player. And that's, a, that's a quite a contrast from where what Howland le- inherited to what he left behind. And that's to me, is a mark of, you know, that's, that's a good mark for a coach. Did you leave it better than you left it? You, there's nobody who, can't say, who can say that Ben Holland didn't leave Mississippi State in better shape than he found it. But unfortunately, he wasn't able to, to build off the momentum. You know, his, He was better each of his first four years, year one, to year two, year three, year four. But they took a step back in year five. There's no question about that. They were not in the NCAA tournament when the season was canceled. And then the last two years, NIT, NIT, it's just not good enough. But this is still a program that can get back to winning games and being in the mix in the SEC and being an NCAA tournament team. The, the, the pieces are there. The hump renovation is going to be a big piece of that. You know, Howland, one thing you have to give him credit for is he was able to recruit well, despite not really having any kind of home court advantage. I mean, you bring players to, on, on official visits and they're sitting there looking at you know 2,500 people, 3,000 people. And he was able to consistently get uh, recruits. I know that you know, the, 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 the statements about him getting legacy guys, but this last class of his was very, was very solid. Four-star guys. So, yeah, it just is what it is, to quote off another former uh, Mississippi State basketball coach. And so now it's time to move forward you know, and, and look at the next, the next Mississippi State basketball coach. We've all heard the names. I think there is a top three, and then everybody else is just sort of out there. If it's not one of the top three guys, I feel like something went wrong in the search. I feel like they, they – I, mean, I would be willing to tell you they whiffed. They whiffed on three guys. I think number one, one – I think it's a 1A, 1B situation. 1A is better, but 1B is still very, very good. This isn't a 1A, 1B Jeff Collins style. Number 1A is going to be Matt McMahon, the head coach at Murray State. Obviously, everybody knows the resume. Everybody knows who John Morant is. He is a really good basketball coach. Uh, has been dominant over the past few seasons up there at Murray State. Did have a, a little setback in 13, 13, or, I'm sorry, in 2021. Uh, but, you know, when you lose a guy like John Morant, those things tend to happen. But he's won, he's won his conference uh, five times, three NCAA tournament appearances. He's 30-2 and two on the season, 18-0 in the conference. They, they're just really, really good. A really good college basketball team. I think one B is Chris Jans, currently the head coach at New Mexico State, a guy who again has been a perennial winner uh, throughout his coaching career, has never won less than 20 games in a season anywhere he's ever been, outside of uh, last year a COVID-shortened year for the New Mexico State program where they went 20 or they went 12 and 8. Again, four conference titles at New Mexico State, four NCAA tournament appearances would have been in the uh, one that was canceled because they had already won the automatic birth. A a perennial winner. He does have some uh, some dirt on him in terms of uh, personal background. Uh, Was let go by Bowling Green uh, following an incident at a bar where apparently he put his hands, when I say put his hands on, I don't mean in a violent way, but uh, I guess the word is groped a woman. But that was six years ago. He lost his job at Bowling Green as a result was out of the game of coaching for a couple seasons and then got back in and has been successful and has been you know, obviously taken advantage of his second chance. So I feel like that's 1B. I feel like he, and he is an outstanding coach. His record speaks for itself. This is a guy like I said, at Kirkwood, a record of 56 and 16 in two years. goes to the these are all community colleges. Uh, goes to independence, he goes 22 and 10. Goes to Howard Junior College. He goes 49 and 14 in two seasons. One year at Chipola Community College. He goes 32 and 5. Gets his first uh, D1 job at Bowling Green, 21 and 12. Then he takes off, he's out for a couple years. And then 28 and 6, 30 and 5, 25 and 6, 12 and 8, 26 and 6. I mean, the guy's a winner. The third guy to keep an eye on is Todd Golden, who's currently the head coach at the University of San Francisco. Shout out to Bill Russell. A uh, only been a head coach for three years. Uh, Twenty-two and twelve his first year with the Dons. Eleven and fourteen a season ago, and now this year twenty-four and nine, and has them in the NCA tournament. Uh, so you know, not as much uh, resume with him as there is with McMahon and with Jans. Um, has coached in the SEC before, though, coach under Bruce Pearl was a director of basketball operations under him and then an assistant coach under him for a few years. Um, so he really, you know, he's got a good he's got the good background would obviously be familiar with SEC recruiting but doesn't have the same amount of resume as those guys that so feels like that's a I mean if we're being honest, it feels sort of like the John Cohen hire, right? Sort of the, you know, the under the radar young guy. I mean that's that's basically what he's been hiring at Mississippi State, outside of Mike Leach, and we all know how that went. He was going to hire Joe Judge, and the, and the New York Giants uh, sort of stepped in and made that impossible. Otherwise, Joe Judge would have been the head coach of Mississippi State. There's, there's no, that's just no – that's not even a, a rumor. That's a fact. Those are the top three guys, in my opinion. And I think it goes McMahon, Jans, Golden. Is, that's that's, that's, that's the, uh, the way it goes, in my opinion. If I could pick, I would pick McMahon. I figure a guy who can recruit a John Morant player to, uh, to Murray State would, must be a good recruiter. Um, his record speaks for itself. Young guy, exciting guy. I think he would bring some excitement to the program. But that being said, it's, it's obviously going to be a crapshoot with any of these guys. And, I, and I've said many times before, I don't expect a new coach to come in and then his first game out there's there's twelve thousand people, uh, sitting in our twelve thousand. There's nine thousand people sitting in the stands at the Hump. right? I think the, the building back the program to being a, a winner will take less time than building back the program to be fan friendly. The Hump renovations will play a part in that. I'm interested to see where the students sit. I I am a firm believer that they need to be moved and be lowered to the court, sort of the way they are at Auburn, the way they are at the Pavilion. That's what sets the atmosphere. For your 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 arena is the students, and I would hope that a new coach would come in and have that same kind of input on that. Um, so we'll see, we'll see. Those are the guys. What's what's the time frame on this? Everything I've read over on twenty four seven, and everything I've heard from people talking to people myself, says that state's been sort of. Conducting interviews and, and reaching out to candidates. Maybe interviews might be a little bit strong, but reaching out to candidates and their agents, engaging their interests and things like that for quite a while. You know, for a few weeks. Um, and in doing so, you know, as, as an idea of who's interested and who's not. The issue obviously is all three of those guys I just mentioned, at least as, as I'm recording this, still have games to play. And a guy like McMahon, I mean, that Murray State team could easily make a run into the next weekend of the tournament. Nobody's getting announced while their team is still playing basketball. So while those three teams are still playing basketball, we wait. Once one of them gets eliminated, you know, you move forward, and it might be a situation where you got to wait out all three. So we'll see what happens. Two of them are playing each other, by the way. Let me let me double check my. Uh, I think the bracket. I think that San Francisco is playing Murray State in the uh, in the NCAA tournament. So I, I, or it could be the other way around. Forgive me. I don't I don't have the bracket memorized off the top of my head. Um there you go. Those those are the guys. I expect one of those three guys to be the name of the head coach at Mississippi State. As you know, I would say within three to four days of their team being eliminated from the NCAA tournament. I'll say this. Let's say San Francisco and New Mexico State both lose first weekend and Murray State does not. If state doesn't have a new coach in place by Wednesday or Thursday, you should feel start feeling pretty either pretty good about McMahon or they're going off the radar to somebody else that's how that's how I would look at that. If as soon as J, especially Jans, if Jans is eliminated when his team plays if they don't make it out of the first or second round, if he's not the coach of Mississippi State by Wednesday or Thursday of next week, he's probably not going to be the coach of Mississippi State. That's what I would that's how I would look at it. So, we'll just see what happens. Should be a very interesting uh, few days here in Starville, but obviously the big story Ben Hallen is, is gone and again, want to wish him well. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's about winning games and and he just did not win enough. Here at Mississippi State to stay on. So, two new head coaches in basketball, men's, men's and women's. A new era at the hump, and a new, you know, literally and figuratively, a new era at the Humphrey Coliseum uh, over the next uh, year. So we'll see how it plays out. Let's move on to baseball. It's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council. They want to remind you that beef is what's for dinner. This weekend going to be a great weekend for cooking out. So fire up the grill, put a couple of steaks out there, maybe some burgers. Or, if, hey, if you want to get the smoker out and put a brisket on there, I can't recommend that enough. John Sokoloff knows what I'm about when it comes to the grill. This man
1: has put me into a plethora of food comas. <laughs> this man is, has a
0: gift. Well, you know, unfortunately, that gift is. Is, is, is sarcasm, and uh, it's, not, it's not the gift anybody wants. But that being said, what people do want is beef. Every time you go to the grocery store and you put beef in the shopping cart, not only are you getting your family a great meal, you're helping out 15,000 of your fellow Mississippians. Those are our beef producers here in our state. Beef is what's for dinner, thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. John Sokoloff knows a thing, too, about two brothers as well, one of his favorite places and one of ours. We say it all the time. When somebody's coming to Starkville and they reach out to me, they're like, Brian, where should I eat? Two Brothers is always on the top of the list. You just can't go wrong with anything on the menu there. It's not just barbecue. It's smoked southern soul food right there in the heart of the Cotton District at Two Brothers Smoked Meats. It's really simple, Advantage Business Systems. It's great products and great service, but that's what everybody offers, right? Well, not the same way that Advantage Business Systems does. Nobody has their selection of products that your business needs, copiers and printers, computers and software, information and mailing systems, and nobody. These big box stores, they can't compete in the service realm with Advantage Business Systems. No no 1-800 number, no call center overseas, no 7 to 10 days and we can be there. No, it's here's our 601 number, here's somebody in Mississippi you can talk to, we'll be out there today or tomorrow and we get your business back up and running. You don't have time to waste and that's why you go with Advantage Business Systems. Call them today at 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. Mississippi State, Georgia, this feels like a big, big series for Mississippi State. I should say for the Bulldogs, because then I couldn't be wrong. But <laughs> oh, God. This Georgia team, you know, they they 14-3 and 3 on the year. I mean, they've beaten up on Albany, Wofford College. So here's the thing you can say. They've won the games they're supposed to win that Mississippi State has not. Yeah. State's lost games to teams they should have beaten. Definitely. Georgia has not done that. Two of Georgia's losses are to Georgia Tech, or as Richard Cross would refer to them as, Charmin Soft Georgia Tech. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so they lost two out of three to are the only Power Five school they've played this year. They also have a loss to Georgia Southern in uh, in the midweek. It's a good team, hitting three hundred four as a squad right now. Cole Tate, their leading hitter three. Well, two guys tied at three seventy three. Him and Ben Anderson. They have what five guys over three hundred. Uh, not a ton of pop. One guy with six home runs, but then nobody else with more than three. Pitching wise, very good. 3.36 ERA as a team. Teams are only hitting 233 against them. Um this is just a solid team. Jonathan Cannon, three and one on the year, uh, with two point three nine ERA. Liam Sullivan, three six eight. Garrett Brown is the only other starter who's who's ERA's not great, five point four. This is a good Georgia baseball team. That that's it. we always talk about Georgia and how this is probably, year in, year out, the most underachieving baseball program in the SEC. With The amount of talent that's in the area that Georgia has. And they have the uh, – I think they have the Hope Scholarship benefits working for them. They should be in the national championship picture every year. Then they're not. Yeah. Um, the last time they came to Starkville, and that was in 2019, that's when State played this team, that was – I think they were ranked in the top ten, and State swept them. And that was a, a weekend that – no, that was sort of the weekend you got the impression, okay, MSU is really, really good. I don't think State's going to go on the road and sweep Georgia, but winning this series would be absolutely massive for the Bulldogs. The one thing they have going for them right now, their starting pitching on the weekends has been really good. Johnson's good. Kate smith has been good. And I think they found something with Stinnett as a starter. I don't think he's got the, the right fit for the bullpen, but as a starter, he's been really, really good. Those three guys give State a chance to win this series if the bats are working for them, the way they've been working the past few weeks.
1: Well, and and that's kind of what they've figured out, right? You know, like, I mean, these three guys have been really good in their last couple of outings. And, and stinette I mean, you talk about a guy that, hey, bud, go just start this random midweek game against number 17 Texas Tech, and I think that was his first start as a Bulldog mm-hmm. ever. And his stuff was just nasty. He gave up one hit. He had 12 strikeouts, was striking out guys on unbelievable breaking pitches left and right. I mean, this guy showed unreal starter potential in such a small turnaround. I mean, three days after pitching against Tulane, he started against that great lineup in Tech and mm-hmm. just shut him down. I mean, so that if you're Limonis and Scott Foxhall, that's just a massive sigh of relief there because you didn't really know how that other starting spot was going to go and you knew that Landon was probably going to be out for the year. But Stinnett's stuff, I mean, the guy has taking advantage of his opportunity and he's crushed him. Cade Smith and Preston Johnson Preston Johnson similar too. He he hopped in that uh, that weekend rotation. He kind of earned his spot to showcase what he had and he's been good ever since. His ERA is in the 2s now as well, but I mean that 2 lane start he was good. His Northern Kentucky start he was good and obviously against Princeton he did what he needed to do. So if that's your three-headed monster and that's how it stays consistently throughout the year, then it makes things a lot easier. But again, I mean, last year, how consistent did that starting rotation stay? Cristo yeah. up and down. McLeod looked like it. And then the postseason kind of fizzled out there, where mm-hmm. really it was Harding and Bednar. Yeah. And that's really kind of all you had. Where th- That was the case last year where you were able to kind of work around that kind of stuff, where this year, I mean, if you're Limonis, you're praying that this is it. Because yeah. with, with bullpen question marks, I mean, how many other guys could you kind of
0: plug in there, you know? And that's the issue for State right now is starting-wise, they feel okay. They feel fine. But then, you know, once they get to the 6th, 7th inning, it, it becomes a question of – you have to hope you have the lead. Definitely. Because – and you got got to sort of hold on for dear life. Now, I will say this. In the past couple weeks, Cam Toler has pitched better. Yeah. And he had a really rough start to the season, had a rough weekend at Tulane. But then against Texas Tech, he was really good. Uh, and was okay last weekend against Princeton. Um, Pico Cone has been good as a true freshman. Big bright spot for yes. this team so far. Brandon Brandon Smith, hey, has been pretty good. It's been pretty good. You know, his ERA five two seven, but he's come into some bad situations and and, and gotten and gotten outs
1: through the damage control. Through sure. strikes
0: that's, definitely. That's the main thing. And then you know, the other guy that I've been impressed with is Drew Tally. Uh, as, as a young guy who's who's just come in and gotten some some good some good moments, I don't know if this was the weekend, but state has got to get more from Mikey Tepper. Yeah, they've got to get more from Jack Jack Fristo Jack Fristo uh, Jackson Fristo. Uh, and then I don't know if Andrew Walling's ever going to pitch again. You know, but it, I, I agree with what Robbie likes to say about that. It's like, look, if nobody's throwing strikes, let the guy who throws ninety six throw. Yeah, you know, because at least maybe you could get him to chase. Maybe he can just get out in front of them, you know. And then I don't know if Lane foresight. is going to be a picture <laughs> That was a, but he that looked was a okay. crazy twist. Yeah. He looked
1: okay. He looked like he had some stuff.
0: I mean, he's done it. Well, State, state. it's so funny. You think about last year, John, and how they managed that pitching staff, and nobody really overextended themselves, and they had so much depth so that when they got to June, they could pitch guys a little longer, and they could pitch Landon Sims twice in a weekend. And it was all about managing, man. And now this year it's going to be like, Well, Preston and Cade, can you give us 90 to 100 pitches? You know, that's that's the best-case scenario is can we get these guys into the sixth inning, the seventh inning with a lead and then just sort of, you know, hope it goes from there. Sure. What odds do you give State to to get this series this weekend? Well, I mean, it's a top –
1: Top twenty-five matchup, and and the thing that's always tough with college baseball, and you can have an impressive non-con all you want, impressive series or teams you play, and they played against Texas Tech. Okay, that's a top twenty team. Southern Miss usually traditionally a good baseball program. Yeah. Tulane, solid too. It's not the SEC where it just means more. So, <laughs> if you go right from those just to it's such a shill, <laughs> if you go from those just to an SEC series, I mean. It's a big adjustment. You know, you kind of learn more about your team. And even Chris Lemonis is still trying to work out some kinks in that lineup and and with those, obviously, position players. But I think they have a, a good enough chance. You know, I think they position themselves where, you know, their weekend rotation is solid. And and some of their bats have been hit, like Kellum Clark and Brad Cumbest. Yeah. I mean, those guys have shown that, well, Kellum, we saw him do it in the postseason last year, too. So I wasn't mm-hmm. too concerned about him, even though the start wasn't he's he figured off to what out, he wanted. He's figured it out. I think Hunter Hines, Cam James, Cumbus, Logan Tanner, Callum Clark, and Luke. Those six guys are very solid hitters. Yeah. Okay. Those are guys that they can rely on. The bottom of the order is something that is definitely something that's concerning. You know, I mean Tanner Allen and Rowdy Jordan aren't walking through that door, so it, it's kind of hard to predict in that first series. But if I had to guess, I, I would say I think they would take two or three. I don't think it's a Georgia team, even if they are top twenty-five. They haven't beaten anybody this year. They yeah. haven't
0: showed that they could beat a no, team right. of this caliber. Couple of things there. R.J. Yeager starting to hit a little bit. Had a mm-hmm. couple. Had a couple of home runs against um, Binghamton. Um, Tanner Leggett is. I mean, he's hitting 214. If you could get him to 240, I think you'd be perfectly happy for the bottom of that, that order. Yeah. And then the other guy to mention who's 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 got the start on Monday. And I, I like what I've seen with him is just Davis. I think he might be the, the, the third outfielder at this point. I think you go Cumbas, Davis, and Clark. You know, they've tried quarter out there. They've tried uh, Braylon Skinner, and it just hasn't really worked. Just Davis, I mean, four. he's hitting four forty four, obviously only nine at-bats, but he's got four hits in those nine at-bats, and he's drawn uh, two walks. So he's getting you – know, he gets on base. <laughs> so – I, I expect to see him get you know get some. Sorry. Von Siebert has been a guy that's made, had some hits. He's had some big moments you, you yeah, against him. good teams. Aaron Downs, obviously, you're very familiar with him. Heritage from, from the uh, the heritage from your coverage area there. The State's got some some options there. They do, and like I said, Clark Clark picking up the way he has recently has been a huge thing for State. I mean. You've got two guys in the middle of your lineup that look like M L B players, Heinz and Clark. Clark from his power alone. Th- those guys look like you could plug them into any MLB team and if nothing else, you wouldn't notice them in the locker room. You wouldn't say who's that guy. You'd be like, okay, that guy obviously belongs here. So And Cumbus is that way too. Now, Combus was hitting four over four hundred before the two lane weekend. Now he's at two ninety five. Wanna see him, you know, Find something. I think he's changed a little bit of his approach at the plate. If you've seen him recently, he's going to go the other way he, a little bit. He's, he's shortened up that stroke a little bit, you know, but he's got such natural power. I think he'll be fine if he does want to pull the ball. I think state can get two this weekend. I do too. That's and what if I If they do, guess. they're going to be in good, pretty good shape because then, you know, that's a three in one week, following up a four in one week. And then next week, you have Southern University, a SWAC team that you should be able to beat. And then you get Alabama, who, you know, saying you're the worst team in the SEC West is kind of like saying you know you're 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 the richest Bill Gates relative. I mean, it, they're all rich. <laughs> yeah. But, but so they're you know, Alabama's a good team, but you should be able to beat them at home. Sure. If you get off to a 4 and 2 start in conference going to Arkansas, and this is I know State has not beaten Arkansas I think in, and they haven't won a game in the last 2 seasons and haven't won in Fayetteville I think in 3 or three, three trips up there. But this is not the same Arkansas team we had a year ago. No, you know they're 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 okay. They're a good team. They're a really good team. But you could go up there and get a game if you're after nine games. If you're five and four, eh, you're fine. Yeah, you're fine. No,
1: I I agree with that too. And, and I think because there there have been some state fans I've seen that uh, you obviously interact with more fans than I do, obviously. But yeah. they have like panicked, you know, or have been yeah. you know very upset. At, not upset, but you know very worried about yeah. how how the year has started. I think with college baseball, and and I've gone on the record saying this because obviously they're all just all expecting the re- to, Yeah, they've gone. They're all expecting to go back to Omaha. You know, that's right. what they want. This will be what year five in a row? Yeah, or four in a row? Gonna or, be or tough. Some, something insane. Do you know how many teams have won it all two years in a row in in the college? Oregon Wilson State. Series existed.
0: Okay. Uh, uh, somebody else. Not super recently, but. I mean, obviously, Southern Cal won a bunch back yeah, in the day. Yeah, they won five in a row. I think LSU may have gone back-to-back. Back. They did? Wow, you got three right off the bat. Okay, there's...
1: there's I, I, know my, I know what I'm do doing. Do you know how many more there are? Maybe two. There's two more. Okay. Uh, there's one that's recent, right? Yeah, the most recent one you didn't get. 2010 and eleven. Oh, South Carolina. Okay. And I don't know the other one. Stanford is the other. Okay. and well, What all, years were that? Uh so South Carolina 2010-11, Oregon State 06-07. No, no, uh, LSU 96-97, Stanford 87-88 and you, and Southern Cal 5 in a row. So it's re- and all of those teams had only one back-to-back. The only team that had three-peated or whatever was Southern Cal. It's really hard. It's incredibly hard to win a college World Series. It, I've gone on the record saying that get just it's the hardest thing to win because you get there, and it's the eight best teams, eight hottest teams in the country, and you got to win five games. It's yeah, the it's hardest. It's not just winning one game; and so you're eliminated. Exactly, yeah. it's the hardest thing to win. And Chris Limonis and this team lost. Will Bednar, who was their most important piece there last year, lost Landon Sims, another first-round pick. He lost their most two important hitters, Mm -hmm. other positional guys, Mm -hmm. and it still looks like this team might be in the mix. Well, I mean, he lost his whole starting rotation. Exactly. Houston Harding, who is a massive reason why they won, two. And McLeod got him there. He just didn't pitch well in Omaha. Exactly, and and he's gone as well. So what I'm saying is it doesn't matter how good you are. It's so incredibly hard to win there. And if you're coming off a national championship, there's going to be more turnover than usual. So don't freak out too much. Just, all, You could freak out if your team wasn't in the mix to even remotely maybe sniff the postseason. But Crystal Bonus is going to have this team in the mix. So I think fans should be you know, excited about that. I agree. I agree. It's so hard. Only four teams have won two in a row? Yeah. And then the other one was just a dynasty in
0: the 70s? Yeah. Who knew what college baseball looked like in the 70s? Exactly. (laughs) So, all right. I think so. we're both going to take State to win two out of three this week. Definitely. And, And then, you know... I feel I feel good about that prediction, and then if they do that, I feel like they're going to hosting is still going to be tough for state. Mm -hmm. I mean, seven non conference losses, including one. I mean, Northern Kentucky that's going to be a bad non conference loss. Yep. Uh, Tulane, say what you want, they haven't looked good since they played state. North Long Beach State has not looked good since they played state. They dropped out of that top twenty five pretty quick. Pretty quick. I mean, they got swept the next weekend. Yeah. Tulane was swept by Evansville last weekend. I mean, not good. No. So it's going to be tough for state to host, but. I you know the idea of Mississippi State being a two seed in somebody's regional, you talk about not happy. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm talking about worst nightmares. You, know, you
0: talk about you know East Carolina or our or Florida State, our State going back to Tallahassee would be hilarious. Yeah, uh, something like that. I mean, they're not going to be happy to see Mississippi State. So, but State can get its season really back on track with with a series win this weekend. Definitely, I say, I say I say they'll win the first two and then lose on Sunday. How about that? All right,
1: we'll see how that goes. How about that? That that could.
0: We'll go with that.
1: I mean, I honestly think for a team like this that doesn't really know its identity yet, like the weekend rotation looks kind of good. It's great that they start out SEC play at a good team, so they'll really get tested. They'll really kind of know who they are. It's not like Missouri. Yeah, exactly. that was going to be my exact example. Like if Missouri was coming here, yeah. Okay, you don't really learn. How are you going to know? What are you going to know? I get it. I get
0: it. All right, Robbie should be back for uh, for our Sunday slash Monday show want to thank John for joining me today. Really Anytime. appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate it. And uh, yeah, guys, have a great weekend. And uh, I'll be back with you uh, very soon. Enjoy the NCAA tournament. Enjoy college baseball. And enjoy uh, your weekend uh, this week. For John Sokoloff, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk, Mrs.